Welcome to IntelliKey Leadership Stories, a series of unique interviews with successful people in many fields. Leaders who are innovating, building, and guiding organizations with a higher vision. How they put their values into practice to achieve the full potential of themselves and their organizations. Now, here's your host for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Everybody, it is Kirsten Gouldy, and we are back with another episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. And I am the CEO of Pure IntelliKey, intuitive advisor, professional coach, and consultant. And I am here with my co-host, who is joining us today again. Oh, hi! It's Mark Stenson, and I am president of Bioscience Bridge. Great to be with you, Kirsten. So excited to be here, and I'm really excited to have you introduce today um, yet another fabulous guest that we have. We've just had such a great lineup, and I'm looking forward to having you introduce our guest here today. Yeah, we've talked to some people who, you know, are really business leaders, and we've talked to people who are conscious leadership, you know, uh, professionals, and this idea of IntelliKey, uh, as our title implies, is really to get the whole human potential, both for business and personal life. And uh, we're really happy today to have as our guest, Ashu Tripathi. And I first met Ashu as a spiritual uh, mentor and guide, uh, as a trainer in the practice of meditation. And then I discovered that he is a successful business person. You know, sometimes it works the other way around that we find, uh, you know, a successful business person and they say, oh, by the way, I do meditation or I do yoga or I do, you know, this other uh, practice that helps me in my business. But uh, my relationship with Ashu was quite the other way around. Ashu, glad to have you on our program today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And, and thank you, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to be talking about, uh, you know, conscious leadership, right, which has been uh, one of my mantras uh, of uh, professional and personal life. Yeah. So by way of background, Ashu is the chief enterprise architect and strategist uh, at Micron Technology, a, uh, a big tech firm. And he, he's been recognized as a Forbes CIO Innovation Award winner, uh, for three or four years running. So he's got a, a great run here. Uh, he's also worked at places like Blue Cross of Idaho, the Hearst Corporation, uh, Idaho State uh, Department of Health and Welfare. So uh, a wide range of career experiences. And right now, Ashu, I, I guess this idea of your technology leadership role in really driving cultural change um, how, how does your conscious leadership practice help inform, you know, what you're doing from that uh, culture change? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one, one thing I would like to add, you know, as part of the introduction is that the CIO 100 awards that we have, um, I was one of the team members uh, under uh, our CIO uh, who came together and, and we as Micron um, CIO team won that award. So it's not just Ashu, it's uh, the team. Um, just very, want to recognize nice. that part. A lot of collaboration, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, again, that that's the perfect segue to uh, you know heartfelt and conscious leadership, right? Because leadership is not about 
you know, just, just guiding and, and giving direction. It is about, you know, developing uh, others and developing yourself, right? As much as, as you are contributing to others' development. And so when I think of conscious leadership, I, um, I really think of the part where you have the ability to be perceptive, uh, to be having that wide and deep perception, to be having that trust, the ability to trust and empower and be a team player and not necessarily a leader. You're one of the roles within the team. And um, th that's how I have always perceived my job um, in uh, various, you know, process of, of growth during my career as, as I grew from an engineer um, in learning and getting mentored by some phenomenal leaders that I worked with in my life um, and learning to be better professional and today being fortunate to be that uh, leader myself. That's great. And, and then let's jump right into the practice of uh, meditation. Tell us a little bit about the specifics of the practice uh, that you're a part of. So uh, we practice uh, uh, the meditation methodology. It's called heartfulness uh, way of meditation. Um, it is uh, part of uh, an institute called Heartfulness Institute, which is globally recognized. Um, it is a United Nations uh, recognized institution uh, for the betterment and wellness of humankind. It has its footprints in um, 100 plus countries across the globe. And uh, we all are volunteer um, trainers and participants uh, who are guided by our global guide, uh, Mr. Kamlesh D. Patel. Uh, he's lovingly known as Daji. We all refer to him as Daji, which uh, in, in Hindi means uh, big brother. Uh, so we all call him Daji and, and he guides us. And there are, there are primarily two parts of this process, right? One is your meditation, your morning meditation, where you are focusing or you are developing the ability to focus, right? Different from concentration, you are able to collect and regulate yourself, regulate your mind, uh, gain more balance with your inner self um, and be in tune with nature so that you are simple um, and and emitting love and, and uh, trust with you. And then there is the other half of the practice uh, which you practice towards the evening, which is called cleaning, um, which as the term indicates is pretty much of letting go, right? As we go through our day, we all have some good experiences, some bad experiences, some happy, some sad. Um, there are conflicts um, at work, in family, in personal life and otherwise. Um, and it's natural, right? We are all humans and it happens. But you have to have the ability to let go of it. Because when you don't let go, that's when it leaves these impressions uh, within yourselves, which starts limiting your consciousness. And as your consciousness gets limited, your ability to make choices gets limited. And your depth perception gets limited. And the more of that happens, you get you start getting more constricted and covered, uh, you know, by this boundary where you are not, you know, radiating that love and trust that you want to with your, uh, you know, co-brethren around the world. So those are the two key parts of the practice that we do: morning meditation and evening cleaning. So I have a question for you, Ashu. You know, you really brought up what 
I love your description of leadership, right? The perceptive, trust, empowerment, being part of the team rather than on top of the team, right? Was that something you always had? Was that something you grew into? I know you mentioned that you had great leaders that emulated probably what worked and what didn't work along the way, similar to myself, right? We get trained. Each person shows us who we do and do not want to be. How did you see that beginning to evolve in yourself? And was it because of the meditation? Was it innate in who you were and it strengthened it? How did that begin? Great question. Um, I was very fortunate um, to have a father who was in leadership positions himself. And one of the things I I learned from him um, was life is nothing but a a continuous journey of personal transformation. And right. And and that journey, um, you know, made me have this personality of continuously working on yourself to be a better you tomorrow. Mm. And um, as Kirsten, you mentioned, I was very fortunate to be uh, you know, working in, in guidance and mentorship of some really brilliant leaders uh, through my career. And um, um, one of the leaders uh, who was right at the beginning of my career, I was a fra- fresh grad uh, from the grad school and came into the industry. And one thing that he gave me, which has been just priceless for me, is the trust. He, he, I came into the company, a, a new young chap, very fresh from the school. And this executive walks up to me and, and he says, I should remember one thing. I have chosen you for what you, not only for what you know, but for what you are. Mm. So remember that I trust you. Remember that I respect you. And start your career knowing that. And that is something that just settled in my mind that I fell in awe of this person, this leader. Uh, my respect for him just grew multifold. My love for him was there. And that enabled me to just push myself harder and do better and better. And these are the experiences which caused me to learn that I want to be one of those leaders, one of those conscious leaders, right? who trusts and empowers his team, who's part of the team, who's not just sitting out there in, in, you know, in the big leather chair and giving guidance behind a mahogany desk. Right, right. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and you know, you said something else. You used another word, perceptive, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that's not really trained here in the States is intuition, yep. which is something we all have. Right. We you see the unseen, you hear the unsaid. And that is really an an incredible ability to understand what people need when they don't even know it themselves. Right. So and that was the first word you chose when you were describing leadership. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So I was uh, referring to uh, uh, Daji right, as our global guide, and he has written a book. which uh, I, is available on Amazon um, and all other, uh, you know, e-retailers. Uh, the, the name of the book is uh, Designing Destiny. And uh, there is a, a free e-magazine subscription as well called uh, Heartfulness Magazine. Uh, I was reading an article in that. And uh, one of the things he was talking about was being a heartful strategist. And as my, one of the big part of my profession is strategist, 
I really got interested in that. Right? How is my spiritual meditation guide connecting my job, my profession to this fact? And when I read that article is where I started understanding the scientific connection of being a great strategist and a great analyst and a great analytical thinker starts from within. Hmm. If your consciousness is limited, right, due to your past impressions, right? So let me actually step back a little bit, right? For a strategist, right, whenever you are thinking, you are either perceiving very broad or are you perceiving very narrow? Mm -hmm. As a great visionary and a strategist, you want to have the ability to perceive broader and wider and have a lot more foresightedness. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of meditation and this consciousness leadership, what I understood from uh, my guide, Daji, is that the impressions of your past and an unregulated mind is limiting and constricting your consciousness, which in turn is continuing to constrict your sense of perception. So you, it is limiting the choices and options that you are able to see around yourself. Mm -hmm. And as a strategist, you really have to have that ability to perceive wider and broader. And one of the things I heard in which I feel all of us, right, in our personal and professional life should implement is what, do I, what does he mean by limited perception or, or limited consciousness is if we really look at ourselves, be honest with ourselves, there are three things which are really driving each of us, right? Our desires, our fear of something happening or not happening, and our, our you know, sort of selfishness and self-centeredness in today's world. Right? Yes. yes. We, have right? we have really, really become that generation, right? Uh, if we look at our um, elders, the, the community was much more open, much more interactive. We really... You know, that, that statement that it takes a village to bring up a child was a true practical fact. Right. Now we are very self-centered. So that selfishness, that desires to do better, make more money and, and those kind of things. And then the fear of failure or otherwise is what constricts us. So if you can meditate and you can create that ability in yourself where you are really content with yourself, when you have let go of your fears and you are really emitting love and generosity towards others and you're coming out to be selfless, it is a very natural culmination that you as a person are going to be radiating love and trust wherever you go. And that is what is starting to you know, de-restrict that limited consciousness and building your perceptive powers wider and deeper and broader. You know, it's yeah. fascinating to me. Um, sorry, Mark, I just I'll share one thing. It's fascinating yeah. to me. I did a presentation yesterday um, to an or a, a spiritual organization that uses tools to determine things. And that was exactly what my presentation was on. If your vessel is not clean, uh -huh. it doesn't matter what information you receive, especially if you're a visionary or a pioneer or creating a new future, a new way. If you yourself are not clean, the information you're going to receive is going to be distorted. Absolutely. Exactly what you just said, right? You have to clean and have a clear vessel so when it channels through and you receive the vision that mm -hmm. you're going to emulate, if you're not clean, 
it's going to constrict everything and everyone around you, which is how we got to right here, right now, COVID-19, right? Like this is the culmination of constricted viewpoints, right? Yes, yes. Mark, you were saying something? Well, I would just say I'm fascinated that you're uh, sort of breaking some of these old stereotypes. And, uh, you know, if, if you think of the word heartful and mindful and conscious, you know, it doesn't always go together with engineer IT software <laughs> programmer. Um, I don't mean that you know, in, in anything, but just on the surface. But, uh, you know, I, I want to connect it to, um, we had an interview in the last uh, recent episode with Dr. James Doty, who, you know, as a neurosurgeon, was talking about compassion. And mm-hmm. we made this a similar point that, you know, hey, uh, not trying to offend anybody, but, you know, compassion isn't the first thing you think of when you think neurosurgeon. Um, right. and, and so some of these stereotypes uh, break down when you really start looking at the inside point of view. And I'm curious as to your experience with that and bringing this sort of heartful approach to what would otherwise be just a, a digital engineering kind of practice. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's a great, great point. So, um, before, before I answer that question, um, you know, your reference to Dr. Dodi reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, one particular event that is upcoming on uh, May 2nd um, at uh, around, I think it's 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we have a um, virtual session being uh, organized with Dr. James Dodi from Stanford. Uh, the neuroscientist, and uh, along with our global guide, uh, Dr. Kamlesh D. Patel. And this is around the power of compassion. Mm. And so I, I really recommend that, you know, if, if we can tune in, um, there is a channel on YouTube called, called Heartfulness. Um, if you subscribe to that, you can you know get the alerts about this event uh, on May 2nd. But um, coming back to your question, uh, I think compassion is a key part of being a not just a good leader at work in professional life, but being a good father, a good son, a good daughter, a good son-in-law, a good you know, mother and, and daughter-in-law and, and whatnots of it. And I think the reason for that uh, in my experience is that when you develop compassion in yourself, one of the inherent things that comes with it is the ability to be non-judgmental, mm-hmm. non-prejudicial. And that's very, very important for us to, to be a strong community and, and a strong nation and a strong world for that matter. And the ability to not judge people and not be, you know, be prejudicial to anybody. We a lot of times, you know, go in with preconceived notions uh, and it can be, you know, positive or negative. You know, I, I might walk into a conversation with Mark going, wow, Mark is a really nice person and he's so amazing. And sometimes, you know, others might be thinking, uh, you don't even know Mark. On what are you basing mm-hmm. that? Right? Or if I walk into a conversation saying, oh my God, Mark is so difficult. It's the same reaction. You don't even know Mark. Mm-hmm. How, on what are you basing that statement? But if I can walk into that conversation with a very open mind and a very open heart, non-judgmental to Mark or anybody, just open to receive Mark as Mark is, to accept Mark as Mark is, we would realize that we can love each other, right? Without 
the dependency of the intention one might have, right? Nobody is a permanent friend or a foe. As long as we have that self-conviction, we have that love and compassion in ourselves, we will be able to do better in both sides of it, right? Uh, other thing my guide Daji says is talks about is life is, is full of two, is two wings uh, of the bird, right? You have the materialistic life, you have to earn, you have to make money, you have to support your family, you have to be a good father, brother, etc. And then you have to be very conscious of what is your ultimate goal and objective in life. And if that is really being connected with yourself and being compassionate human being, how do you balance that? And again, it goes back to, uh, in my personal experience, the more I meditate, and the more regulated my thoughts and my being is, I become a lot more balanced person, right? It's, we all have one life. And I, I wake up in the morning, I, I look at it as a call to action. This is my moment. I want to live in this moment. I want to be conscious in this moment and be available 100%, whether it is to my children, whether it is to my friends and family, or to my colleagues at work or to somebody I do not know at a store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these, these two wings of uh, life, that's a great uh, visual analogy. Uh, I'm curious, Ashu, you were talking about this uh, principle that was uh, passed down from your father of you know, ongoing personal transformation. Uh, but have there ever been these moments, these fork in the road moments where you said, I, I really have a choice to make right now. And I can go the conscious leadership <laughs> route, or, yeah. or I can go the expedient, <laughs> profitable, uh, I might get a promotion route. Um, you know, where, where, where do those decision points come in your career? That's, that's, a, that's a great, great question, Mark. And, and I think uh, that there, uh, I, I personally believe there are two moments when such things occur, right? All of us at, at one point or the other in our life, uh, Kirsten, uh, you know, you would have experienced it as well. There are moments when we are questioning, what are we doing? What are we doing professionally? What are we doing personally? We sometimes feel dejected with where we are uh, professionally and personally. And um, those can be those, you know, four points where you have to really step back and have the ability to step back and recognize that it's a journey. It's a journey. Let's make tomorrow different. Let's make tomorrow better. And how do you go do that? And then other uh, moments can be, as you talked about, Mark, right, where you are in meetings, you are at work. Um, how do you manage conflicts? How do you manage your internal conflict, as you said, a swifter, faster decision-making? which is in the, maybe in the self-interest as well as in the corporate interest, vis-a-vis mm -hmm. uh, -vis a ability to really listen and hear everybody out and be open to what that change you are trying to drive and what is it that is pushing up, the, the, bringing the inertia from the rest of it. And it goes back to, for that, you have to have a balance within yourself. You should have the ability to balance and, and accept that, again, 
all of us, irrespective of the intention, one might be saying the other thing. We are here for towards a common goal. And as long as you can keep your focus on that goal, keep your you know, inner self non-judgmental to others, you will be able to maintain the objectivity which is accepted or expected of a leader or, you know, of a family member or a friend. That's great. You know, and you really brought it to life because, uh, you know, we go into these meetings or we go into a, a tense situation, a confrontational situation, and uh, we'd love to be the thoughtful, mindful, heartful guru and say, you know, give me 30 minutes to meditate on this and I'll get back to you with the answer. Uh, is that, that's not always how it is. But you're describing, you know, to be having the practice prepare you for those moments. Absolutely. You know, has, has prepared your brain, has prepared your heart to make those decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in, in a more personal, perceptive way, yeah. So, yeah. Shu, I, um, you know, I, I am do performance coaching with high-level performance um, people. How do you see, how has it impacted your performance, the company's performance, project performance, individual as a contributor to a team? How does this mirror that? Um, So one of the things that I have noticed, uh, Kirsten, is uh, that if I if I take my you know personal examples, uh, I have I have seen that my leaders um, have looked at me as a person who can bring a non-prejudicial objectivity to a conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have that ability, then you see your executive leadership actually really looking at you as that person whom they can lean on to get the honest advice. Mm. Somebody, right, who's not fearful because mm. there is nothing to be fearful. You're content and you are non-judgmental. You can, you're just providing objective feedback. You're not being critical. And when, when you have that ability, it really impacts your performance because everybody around you is now actually paying attention mm. and really listening to you. Because they can see that, right, there is no self-driven agenda here. There is no political aspects to this. This is just pure objective aspect of what is good for the organization or for that particular project uh, or situation. And they open to receive that feedback, right? I don't like to call it criticism, but they are more open to receive that feedback at that point. Mm -hmm. And with that feedback, they start to change. Right? And that's part of being a leader is to be able to drive that transformation and change. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the first step is coming out as somebody who is full of compassion and trusts you and respects you for what you are and is open. And after hearing you is giving you an objective advice. And that has really immensely helped me, uh, help my team, my leadership, in driving some very objective decision-making. Um, but there is another key part to it, right? You have to be able to do that yourself. Mm. You have to have the ability to understand that it's not you who is important. It's the objective that you're working towards. Which is so important. well said. Mm. So well said. Yeah. You know, and, you um, talk about uh, people from diverse backgrounds now focused on the one objective, 
mm-hmm. you know, it is a way to kind of cross a lot of those barriers and break down a lot of those stereotypes and prejudices yeah. that you talked about. And, and I was curious, even in the global practice of the meditation, uh, heartfulness, uh, you know, in my own experiences, being able to go to a heartfulness center in the Philippines is different, but the same as the Heartfulness Center <laughs> in Hanoi, Vietnam, yeah. and in Austin, Texas, and in Fremont, yeah. California, or you know, New Jersey, or Charlotte. You know, talk, talk about that a little bit, how the, the global practice of a single type of meditation crosses those global boundaries. That's, that's a great question, and that was a great experience. So before I ever visited uh, any country outside of India, right, one of the exposures that I get as part of being, uh, you know, participating in this heartfulness way of meditation is at these centers, I interacted, I started interacting with individuals from very, very diverse backgrounds, financial strata, um, sorry, economical backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, different parts of the globe, different countries. That was my first exposure to that amalgamation of humanity coming together. And as that, as I experienced that part, I realized that irrespective of where we come from, if we are full of compassion and we are open, <clears throat> we are in love with each other. We are human humans who want to take care of ourselves and take care of others. Uh, my first exposure to diverse backgrounds, right? <clears throat> India is pretty diverse in itself, but being part of the heartfulness method and visiting these heartfulness centers, as you said, in various countries, uh, various centers within India, I got the opportunity to interact uh, with you know, individuals from very, very diverse backgrounds, economical backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, uh, different geographies of the world. Uh, that was my first exposure, actually, <clears throat> to the coming together of the humanity from different, different races. And a lot of us didn't even speak each other's languages. Mm-hmm. But one common language which brought us together was that love that we could feel among each other, the compassion that we could feel among each other. And it just <clears throat> connected us in some shapes and forms. And as I got opportunity uh, to travel outside of India and visit centers in different countries, I was very fortunate. Uh, part of my career, I visited many countries. <clears throat> and uh, as I went to centers in Germany, in Amsterdam, Netherlands, um, in uh, Singapore, uh, Mendo, of course, different centers in uh, United States, irrespective of where we come from, as long as we have that openness in our heart, as long as we have the ability to accept and see the things as they are, and have the ability to develop that simplicity of attitude in ourselves. And, and uh, as Daji sometimes uses the term, to be in tune with nature, then <clears throat> we really connect. And we connect without the language barriers, without the cultural barriers, without the barriers of distances. Well, it's fascinating too, Ashu, what you're talking about, right? If you look <clears throat> in history, in any of the great leaders that have transcended and shifted cultural, you know, what was ingrained and then transcended and moved to a different normal, right? Take Nelson Mandela, for example. 
Mm -hmm. He was imprisoned for 20 years. And he came out with such an open heart of love, he shifted the entire mm -hmm. country of South Africa, right? Like, it really is. If you have two ways, and, you know, Sufism talks about this. In Mesopotamia, there's a goddess Ishtar that really, they, her embodiment was love and war. There's two ways you can transform the norm. You can right. do it through love or you can do it through war. So mm -hmm. what you're talking about, and I can even feel it when you're speaking, it has the capacity to change an entire trajectory of a world, right? It can Absolute. change everything. Especially in, in today's situation, Kristen, right? You, you refer to the COVID-19 situation, the various hardships that um, all of us across the globe are going through the lockdowns and, and restrictions that we are facing, the, the distance from our loved ones, the inability to visit and see. Um, this is uh, you know, another of those times when you have to have the ability to, to bring out that sense of love and compassion in yourself <clears throat> and love for everybody um, around you to really be able to appreciate what everyone is trying to do to keep each other safe and keep each other healthy, <clears throat> very important. Um, and, and in those, these such times, it's very important that we take care of our mental wellness. Mm. And part of that mental wellness, right, is being able to <clears throat> gather yourself and sometimes gather yourself faster because these can be difficult times. If you get a call from your loved one, you know, who's visiting, who was visiting a different part of the country or the world, and now is unable to travel because of the restrictions that are in place, uh, it can make you fall into pieces very quickly. But if you can develop that ability to gather yourself faster, you will be able to pass and emanate that to the loved ones who are further away from you and help them be strong as well. And it's very important that we support each other during this mental, you know, the, these challenge times for our mental wellness and, and uh, goodness. Uh, working from home can be very stressful. Um, our kids are not going to school. Some of the parents have kids who are very young. <clears throat> um, both of them may be working, taking meetings from different rooms while kids are trying to intercept. Right? <laughs> Animals barking in the background. Yes. yes. Or, taking, or taking meetings in the same room. Exactly. Exactly. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so but, you know, you, you you bring up such a good point about that, though, and that is, you know, meditation. We have this perception of being very individual. You know, you're sitting by yourself alone, and yet I know I benefited from a group meditation. You know, where other individuals, and you know, you sort of get everyone's got a positive intention. Everybody, there's a good energy uh, in the virtual room, even when you know, when we've shared long distance uh, yep. meditation. Well, what's some of the thought behind that? I know it feels good, but is there a, a, <laughs> is there a principle behind that? De definitely. I mean, and it is very scientific in nature as well, Mark, right, if I may. Um, I mean, <clears throat> if you look at uh, the aspect of um, the laser beams, right, those are nothing but extreme concentration of really, really fast-moving electrons and protons or masses of energy. And if they have enough concentration and speed, they have the ability to penetrate impenetrable. Whether it is, you know, uh, a, a, a metal or another kind of material or anything. It's the similar scientific aspect. 
when you are meditating by yourself, there is a lot of energy that, that is with you. But when you are meditating in a group, you are starting to create these really strong laser of, you know, energies of multiple people coming together, of these fast moving electrons coming together and creating that razor sharp energy, which can penetrate through multiple layers of that impressions that we have past impressions that we have created among on ourselves. And it is able to, you know, cut through that and really help you connect with your inner self and, and that source of energy, that root that you want to be in touch with. And so it's really, really scientifically very powerful. I have personally experienced that <clears throat> there are times when I might not feel that I had a good meditation or a bad, you know, or <clears throat> I had a lot of thoughts during my meditation, which by the way is not uncommon. It's very common. But when I'm doing group meditation, energy from others has helped me get to a lot more balanced state and a lot more deeper and calmer and peaceful experience during that meditation. That's wonderful. So I'm thinking of and the, I I, the matrix oh, and the bending of the spoon as you're talking about that. Yes. <laughs> looking at yeah. it, bending the spoon, right? With it's all that energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Shiva, on that point then, I mean, uh, our, our listeners are, are all over the place. We have a terrific group that, that I'm happy to be a part of with you. But um, globally, nationally, uh, how could people access a group like you're describing? Um, you've mentioned a few books, but where could I go to join a group or find a group uh, in my area? Absolutely. So <clears throat> um, I, I think the, the first spot I would request, uh, you know, any, any interested seeker to visit is heartfulness.org. Um, it's a website which will uh, do multiple things, right? One of the biggest thing it does is it has the ability to search for what we call as heart spots, which is basically marked like the group or like ours, right? So it gives mm -hmm. the information that, okay, I'm in Boise, Idaho, or I'm in Chicago, Illinois, or I'm in Los Angeles, California. <clears throat> you can search for your uh, uh, a heart spot. It can search and really narrow it down for you by you know, zip code and so forth and um, gives you information to connect, right? So voluntary trainers like myself, um, I'm a certified trainer uh, of meditation, heartfulness meditation. Our, our contact information is available. Mark, uh, you yourself are uh, one of the volunteer coordinators for us. And we have Mark's information. So if you go and search for those hard spots, you get ability to connect with the like-minded people and uh, participate in these uh, meditative sessions, uh, whether group sessions or if you have questions and, and so forth. And the other uh, avenues that are available is on YouTube, we have our official channel. Uh, it's called Heartfulness. Um, the, the only catch is it's Heartfulness with a single L. So once you search for it, there are multiple videos there um, which talks about the method, the various aspects of training, as well as uh, if you really want to get deep into it, you, should, you can search for what is called as master's classes. And uh, it's a session of three videos. Uh, which takes you through uh, the practice 30 plus minutes every day for three continuous days and gets you really, you know, instated into the foundation of the methodology, the practice and get you moving forward uh, by yourself, even if you don't happen to have a hard spot near you. 
Uh, by the way, uh, the voluntary trainers like myself, there are thousands of us across the globe. So um, you, you, you will never find scarcity of finding one of us. And then the other way is uh, you have, we have a hearts app, um, both for Android and uh, Apple iOS. And it is, um, you know, what uh, my spouse likes to call it as Uber of meditation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you go on that and um, you have the option to do guided meditation or meditation by self and so forth. So if you click on guided meditation, it actually pings uh, trainers like us and volunteers like us um, around and connects you, right? And it doesn't matter what time of the day, Some, somewhere in this part of the globe, there is sunshine, somewhere there is good morning, there is somebody who's awake, there's somebody who's available. And with technology, it becomes very easy to connect right, to these two different uh, equally interested people in two different parts of the globe to come together, connect with each other and do the meditation together. So HeartSap is uh, uh, another one of those. And of course, we have you know, all other social media presences. If you go on Facebook, um, you'll find us um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and everywhere we, we are found as Heartfulness. Um, and and um, th those are some of the venues. Um, the two books I would definitely you know, uh, suggest for anybody, irrespective of whether you would want to meditate or not want to meditate, something which will help you as a person, something which will help you become a better professional, uh, a better human being. Uh, one is I, I had called out Designing Destiny. Right? It gives you the scientific aspect of how meditation and our journey in human life is connected. And then the other one is The Heartfulness Way. Uh, which has been co-authored by Dr. Kamlesh D. Kodel, uh, Daji, um, along with a very esteemed and uh, <clears throat> I think New York Times uh, winning writer called Joshua Pollock. Um, a phenomenal book, a phenomenal book. Uh, and Joshua has really, really simplified the message, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate the idea of uh, these things like meditation and so forth. And uh, Joshua, I had a great uh, opportunity actually mark and i uh, to meet him uh, he visited boise and we did a few sessions here corporate sessions at micron um, at hp and and uh, uh, we did a public session uh, for boise for everybody and we met him and and he really really simplifies it right so us techies we have these books called uh, networking for dummies or uh, <laughs> internet for dummies. And I think, I think Joshua, you know, saw me and he, he said, I need to write a book called Meditation for Dummies. And, and he did it. So. The nearest target market. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow, what a terrific conversation. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Our guest has been uh, Ashir Tripathi. He's not only a chief enterprise architect and strategist at a technology company called Micron, but he's also a trainer and guide and uh, just a terrific mentor for us in the meditation world. As we wrap up our conversation, I'll uh, have you help us, uh, Ashu, with the burning question that everybody always has. When is the best time to meditate? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, my guru, my, my trainer, Daji, um, says that there is, there, is no, there is no time which is not a good time. Any time of the day when we can spare those 20 minutes for ourselves, those 30 minutes for ourselves, is a great time to meditate. 
and connect with yourself. Even when you are at work and you are really coming out of a meeting which was very disturbing and has really left you with a bad taste in mouth, right? Take five minutes, three minutes, and just close your eyes and, and do that three minutes reconnecting with your inner self. And you will come out refreshed, rejuvenated. So meditation, I think simple answer, Mark, is um, any time of the day is a great time to meditate. But uh, one of the suggestions that our, our guide, uh, Daji, gives us is, um, you know, if we can fix a particular time and place to meditate on a regular basis, that's the best way to achieve that, you know, natural flow of energy and ability to focus naturally faster. Um, for some of us, it's early in the morning, right? Um, some of us want to finish it off and start our day like that. I'm one of those people, right? <clears throat> you might have ended your previous day with a lot of difficult questions or unfinished business, which might have left you awake in the night or, or woken you up between the, the, the sleep. And then you wake up in the morning and you do your meditation and suddenly not only can you see the problem, you can see the solution as well. Mm -hmm. And you start your day. Um, or uh, for some of us, right, who are uh, working parents, um, you know, moms or dads who have the responsibilities to seeing of their kids to school, getting them ready, they cannot really do that early in the morning. They might be able to do it at nine in the morning. But try to build a habit of a fixed time and place and, um, uh, you know, every day and practice it every day. It's just wonderful. Um, I do want to, you know, re refresh our conversation around cleaning. Right. Do try to close your day uh, when you're coming from work. Um, one of the things that I do is before I start from work, right, I take myself off to a office or a conference room or nowadays uh, all the corporates have a wellness room um, and so does Micron, right? And Micron is really, really supportive of all wellness activities. And we have a meditation room, in fact. And I, I actually go there and I give myself those 20 minutes where I let go, I do my cleaning. And so when I reach home, I am fresh and fully available to my family back again. Mm, that's because, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that is beautiful. So I would suggest that right, we practice cleaning and, and it's, just, it's just powerful. I really, I think I just... Um, Personally, I think that is a beautiful ending point for our guests, right? Because we are responsible for who we are to everybody that we interact with, right? Yes. And we often forget that. Who we bring to the table has the capacity to hurt or help, right? Absolutely elevate or tear down. And what you're talking about is taking a few moments to be responsible for who you are, what you bring to the table, and then how you interact with the people you love most. Because we take, you know, especially here in this society, it's taken for granted. Yes. Those are the people that sometimes get the worst of us, right? Like my joke with my mother is, Mom, you get the worst part of me because you have to listen to me cry. You have to listen to my bad day. You know, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't laugh with me. So, And I really got present to that and shifted that. Yeah. So she now gets so, the better part of me. But it was a rude awakening when I thought, oh my God, I dump all my garbage on my mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's been a terrific conversation, Ashu. Again, I can't thank you enough. And you've given us some really uh, practical guidelines. Let's see if I can uh, recap them. There, look, there's two great books. One is called The Heartfulness Way. The other is called Designing Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at them as your favorite bookseller. Uh, there's a, uh, just a fully resourceful website, heartfulness.org. Uh, check that out for all sorts of uh, reading and uh, resources and master classes. And then a YouTube channel where you can get all of these uh, great videos and resources. And then finally, the Hearts app uh, where you can download uh, the resources and have, have the Uber of meditation <laughs> at your disposal. I thank you for uh, that uh, analogy. And then I just want to underscore the other program. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it may be before or after May 2nd, but it'll be available as replays if you're listening after. But uh, Dr. James Doty, uh, who we interviewed uh, from Stanford on compassion and uh, the Global Guide of the Heartfulness uh, Institute, uh, Kamlesh Patel, affectionately known as Daji, they will be having an interview and a conversation about compassion and overcoming fear, which is a, a big emotion that we've all been working on. Uh, during these health concerns. So I wanted to highlight that program. Look for that uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and watch videos. So Ashua, thanks again uh, for the conversation. Really appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kirsten, for having me. Oh. And thank you, Mar, for this wonderful opportunity. This, this yep. was really good. Thank you so much. So we look forward to having everybody back with us for our next episode uh, and join us uh, to hear more stories of leaders that, and their journeys of how they're reaching their full potential. Thanks again to Scott Shepard, who is our engineer over at TriPoint Studios, doing a great job of bringing us all together. Until next time, here's to your IntelliKey as you grow as a leader in your own life. Thank you. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our websites, www.pureintellikey.com and www.mark-stenson.com. IntelliKey Leadership Stories is produced by TriPoint Studios, copyright 2020. Views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the TriPoint Studios or its other members. You can find this and other TriPoint podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.